Welcome to the Success in South Carolina podcast, where we will be hearing the untold stories of success from some of the top achievers in our home state of South Carolina. These neighbors of ours will also share their time-tested personal philosophies and solutions to inspire us, educate us, and help us find peace, joy, and love, along with a purpose, a mission, and a vision for our lives. And I'm your host, Jonathan Peoples. All right, buckle up, listeners. I've got a long introduction this time. Our guest today lives in Charleston, South Carolina. He works with elite clients spanning the globe from well-known Fortune 500 companies to special ops forces representing five countries. He is the founder of On Purpose Adventures, a driving force in purposeful, unconventional, and effective team building for over a decade. He is the co-founder of Cohesion Culture. He is a sought-after facilitator, consultant, and speaker and continues to focus his heart, soul, and substantial knowledge of cultural wellness into each learning experience, promising a fun and engaging encounter with tangible results. In addition, he and his wife, Dana, bought a well-established paddling outfitter in Mount Pleasant, Nature Adventures. But that is just what he does. That does not tell you who he is. He is a passionate, faith-driven, and generous man. He loves life. He's known to be a solid 3 a.m. friend, uh, one of those anytime friends, You, one, one who will help you out when needed at any time without any questions. He's working on being well, being known for his kindness and not his sarcasm. He strives to be a better husband and human. His mission is to be a passionate leader who avidly embraces deliberate actions to grow and harvest the best abundant fruit in himself and others. I'm excited to hear more about his story, to hear more about his journey, about who he was, who he is, who he's becoming. Welcome to the show, my new friend, Ben Jammin Toy. Hey, Ben. Well, thank you so much for having me. Ben, I love uh, in your intro, this is, I, I told the guest to buckle up, it's a long introduction, but I love it because you made a distinction between what you do and who you are. And there's yep. a big difference there. And let's jump into a little bit about your story, your journey, because your journey is not a straight path of success. It has been a little bit of a, a bumpy ride and a curvy road. Can you can you tell us and share with us a little bit about that? Well, if you've seen any of the, the memes or graphs on, on that kind of stuff, I mean, that's what it is. You know, there's always those rides and, you know, there is some upward trajectory when you look at it backwards. Um, but the simplest thing is to look at it back, you know, high school, when you've got that guidance counselor meeting and you're, you're figuring out where you're going to go, uh, they said, well, you're good in math. I really didn't have direction. Let's just start there. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't have a vision. I didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, I mainly knew that I just wanted to get out of town, right? That's, I came from a very rural town, uh, lots of reasons just to get out. And I was good at math and science. You look at the chart, okay, math and science can lead to these careers. And so at the top of that chart was engineering. Uh, ended up finding a engineering school, but not by not by searching engineering school, but simply uh, when I was taking the SATs, uh, my aunt at the time uh, and my uncle lived in Greenville, South Carolina, and uh, she was a professor worked with the um, the with Furman and said, "Hey, well, Clemson's a good a school. You might do well there." And so I literally put them at on my SATs to to get sent to my SATs when I took them. 
as a junior in high school, then they sent me an acceptance letter and waived everything. And so I came on academic academic ride, uh, didn't have anything to worry about my senior year. I uh, knew that I was leaving, you know, senior year was just nice. I was out of town. It was going to be great. Hey, let me so. let me stop you for a sec, because already that super impresses me. And I've got to know if you're willing to share, what was your SAT scores for them to just automatically junior year send you a, hey, you're welcome. Come on in. 1390, but I skipped a section. Oh my gosh. So we're talking to a genius here, guys. No, not there. I mean, I would barely still get in today, but they honestly knew that I literally, I showed up late to the SATs when I got this score. Wow. And, uh, and I, so anyways, um, not that that test taking is a, is, is an indication of anything, right? Right. But, uh, yeah, that's true. That's true. But, uh, you know, they, they do say that A students teach and B students work for C students. And so when I was getting A's, we'll jump ahead a little bit. And that's when I had to drop out. I'm like, well, if I, I want, I don't want to teach. Yeah. So, right. Right. All right. Um, so anyways, fast forward. Okay. One of the curves on there is the day, day before I was supposed to go visit Clemson as a, either a junior or senior, like to go check it out. I was in a car wreck, a self solo car wreck, driving to work at three o'clock in the afternoon uh, in the spring and flipped my car, rolled it over, all these types of things. Uh, the only, I was upside down, hanging on the seatbelt. And the only injury was punching out the window, the little cut on my, on my uh, pinky. And everybody's like, you know, you shouldn't do a, a 12 hour drive. And cause I'm from rural Pennsylvania. And I'm like, I'm fine. We then saw Clemson and that really changed the trajectory of my life because I've, I've been in South Carolina now well over two decades and I'm, I'm not going back, I guess. I mean, I, I visit, uh, but it's a great place to be from. Yeah. That's, um, the, that's the great thing about South Carolina is once you're here, you're here. Right. And I, so I live, I was in the upstate five or so years. And then now I've been in Charleston uh, since December of 05, 06. Um, so but going to school, uh, industrial engineering, after doing the general engineering type stuff, realize I'm a very logical brain. I love process-oriented stuff. I love improving things, right? I love looking at a system, figuring out how to break it, and then offering solutions. I mean, I was raised on A-Team and MacGyver, right? Mm. And so I literally, like, hey, I, can make a, I could make, actually make a career of this and learn how to do that. And co-oping, they, they sold co-oping uh, big time. You know, if you want to learn what to do, you co-op. If you want to learn not what you don't want to do, you co-op. And so I started co-oping and the minimum's three terms. I ended up doing it for five terms, uh, making that money, making good money for a college student. I mean, well, actually, honestly, it's higher than what most people are making now. And that's what it was 20 years ago. And that's what we were starting out at. And the type of scholarship that I had for whatever reason was timed. So, but it was, so it wasn't money coming to me that I could choose what to do with, or it was four degree. It was literally these four years, but I was blowing, I was extending my, my college time because of working, even though I was working full time and taking 12 hours, I just, I extended it or would, I would not take a semester of classes as well. And I liked the money in hand. So there was a point where I said, realized that I didn't want to be an engineer for that much longer because I'd gotten into a little bit of business, some business advisors and books some coaches. And I then went into industrial management and a little bit more business, still conceptual in nature. And honestly, being in switching that major proved that I should be more in the business world or solutions oriented world uh, because I was seven weeks into class 
within one day, we switched all my classes. I didn't get any W's, so I didn't have any withdrawal hours or anything into this. Didn't have to make up work because the way I talked them into it and started off with, they gave me, you know, literally they gave me scores already for things based on previous example. They wanted me in the business school. So it was really cool. However, so I'm in, I'm in engineering. I'm, I'm, I'm transitioning in this time period uh, in between one semester to another. And I've been doing this job in supplier quality engineering and uh, no, no. And um, I, I was going to switch majors and they said, well, you can no longer be in this department. And the guy, my mentor at the time asked uh, HR, if you will, and said, well, why, why would he not be able to be qualified to do this job anymore when he's doing it better than anybody's ever done it before? Hmm. And he said, well, he's not going to, in, in several years from now, he's not going to be qualified to do it because he's going to have a business degree and not an engineering degree. And they, he was like, but he's already doing the job with, right. with great results. He's going to have even additional, more skills, right? Right. Anyway, so that's where I learned corporate politics and, and like, mm. all right, you line this up and if it doesn't compute, you, you have to go over here. Anyways, right. I switched departments to go into purchasing because they, and then they said, you can specifically do this role because we're doing this large global consolidation thing, but we need someone that can run the business side of it, but has the technical background. Well, now my skills matter, even though I had no business background yet, I literally just changed majors right. with no classes, but now I was qualified to do this thing because of my other experience crazy, right? So yeah. I was 21 years old, had 21, 25 people reporting to me in this project that I was running. And I was like, okay, well, if I'm being fast-tracked, I'm going to go ask the plant manager, what did he do to get where he was? Was it worth it? You know, I went, asked him out to lunch. The next day, three levels of management had me in their office without, without their, uh, and asked me, why did I try to talk to him without their permission? What? So for me, I learned corporate politics and that game of ego and all those types of things. So I realized from there that it wasn't going to be a good fit for me to go in the corporate realm. Uh, a buddy was starting another company back then, a, a tech company. So I, I dropped out of school and uh, helped him start a, uh, a software company at the time that then transitioned into a book publishing company. What brought wow. me to Charleston. Wow. So for a number of years, I worked in sales. I just became a sales guy. And I loved it. I loved that process. I loved figuring things out. Like that, the thing is I took sales to a process side of it. And now I've recently learned that the reason I was decent in sales is actually I am an introvert. I energize by being alone. I can, I can sell, I can work crowds, I can be with people, but it wears me out. Mm -hmm. But, but it's a process I can follow. So I'm not selling based on my emotions of the day. I'm, there's no ups and downs. It's, I've got to call 37 people. I'm going to call 37 people. Doesn't matter what's going on, right? So I did well with that. And that's only now through current reading and, and learning about myself that, okay, well, that's why this worked. And I had some identity issues at this point. Like I, I, I was this type of person, but yet it didn't compute with, I want to just Irish goodbye at the end of a party or, you know, right. I'm just going to be in this corner and not be seen. So like, how mm -hmm. was I this gregarious salesperson or loved working a crowd but no, that was just a process to me. Right. And so it's been a lot of hindsight retrospecting, right? So it's pr pretty cool in that aspect. Um, so did that for a while, uh, realized that the vision that I had for the company or bringing the money and all that didn't pan out with the overall thing. 
uh, left the company, helped start a advertising company for a little while. Then I did a book, uh, container freight trucking sales company. I was, I was in sales. And they said, they initially said, here's the quota you have to meet for commissions to start. So we had a nice base and it took two years to get to that quota level. And then for the six months after that quota level, they wouldn't pay me my commissions. So I figured if I'm going to go fight for money, I'll do it on myself. Uh, there's a much longer the story to this, but I have a, I had a mastermind. I got called out. Well, what are you going to do about it? You're not one just to talk, right? Right. So I put my notice in that day. I literally had a mastermind meeting that Monday. I put my notice mm-hmm. in. They said, oh my gosh, can you give us a month? And I'm like, sure. I have no plan or money in the bank because this wasn't prepped. And yeah. so did that and then created the first version of what On Purpose Adventures was uh, back in 2011. And that mm-hmm. was adventure event planning. It was whitewater rafting trips, camping trips, survival trips, hiking trips. And so that's kind of where it was. I was good at planning those types of things. I thought about the little details of, of things. Now we're not one that I'm, don't, don't expect to come to our adventures and have linens on tables and all that. No, we're getting, it's a folding table with no frills. But yeah. it's the little things of, oh, wow, that's a nice little feature to have while you're hiking or camping and all that. So it's those so little what, secrets. What date, what date are we at here with this? Uh, we're now in 2011. So, so 2011. we jumped, yeah. 2011 is when, when I left, left the, com- the trucking company and started with no real plan. Yeah. Um, and with that, I had my first actual corporate client within three days. Um, I let people know hey, I'm in business and they're like, well, I've seen what you've done. And it was a, a moonlight paintball thing for a corporate, for a company that sold Italian ice in Charleston. So they worked seven days a week and they worked till dark. So there was no chance during the summer to do something fun together. So we did something at night. And so we did mm-hmm. moonlight glow stick paintball. Uh, and it was a horribly painful decision. Um, no, everybody, everybody loved it. But like, you know, you can't see the balls coming, so you can get hit multiple times. You don't know if you hit somebody until you hear a scream. So yeah, it was, it was pretty fun. Um, but with that, I'd been in sales for a while with a book publishing company. And while I was trucking in the trucking company, I was in sales, but they were, that's a, that's a commodity. If you're, if you're lower price, they'll give you a shot where you keep the business is your customer service and your communication. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to get back the sales approach of, okay, value proposition, things like that. So I actually uh, became one of the dreaded people that if you ever go to a touristy area and, and you're getting uh, yelled out to take a tour and uh, uh, you know, it's called an off-premises consultant. Uh, yeah. I wasn't with one of the timeshare companies, but a travel club. Right. Mm-hmm. But for about two weeks, I did this just so I could get back to this. And then you, you give a, a response and I have a retort, all this. I just wanted that, that interaction. Um, and while I was there, I met a guy that was driving a really nice car, asking for directions to a restaurant and started telling him, wasn't trying to pitch him on anything. And he asked me what I did. And I was like, well, I own an adventure company. And I do corporate team building and bachelor parties and training. He's like, awesome. I didn't have a business card. I had a personal thing. I wrote up my phone number, wrote my personal email on it, gave it to him. Yeah. About a month and a half later, he calls me. He said, I've got the corporate exec team from the Columbia Marriott wanting to come and do an event. What are you going to do? What can you do? I'm, I said, uh, how about a scavenger hunt on rickshaws? He's like, great. And I planned it. And that's, was that, so was then, that overwhelming to get like a, a call out of the blue? When you weren't, you weren't prepared for that, right? How do you, how do you, 
you were you having to think on your feet there, Ben? Yeah, I mean, here's the overwhelming thing: is, is I don't. We've act, I've actually done stress tests, and I don't have cortisol like normal people, so stress environments don't affect me. But the thing on my feet is where I where I'm calmest. I I find calm in chaos, um, and I've also learned that I might have ADHD. And so I've, I'm, that's why I'm, it's a superpower for me, right? Is, is to be able yeah. to focus in these in, in situations. But what actually happened was I'd been thinking about doing this type of thing and maybe even talking about, it. I don't know if there was hindsight in already that I've been planning to do a scavenger hunt or even knowing it or how it just came out. I just, and, and to throw in the rickshaw piece, cause they were exact, they didn't want to, they didn't want to walk too much and everything. Mm-hmm. But what that forced me to do, cause that, that was in like six weeks and I threw out a crazy number, right? Um, and high, it wasn't enough because of how much I put into that actual activity, but mm-hmm. it was enough to get me started. Right. It was, a, it was my deadline. Um, and that, that scavenger hunt that I created on paper in 2011 is what I used, uh, and made a good amount of money from until 2016, until I switched to an app. So for five years, made multiple six figures on just a paper scavenger hunt that I, that was created on a whim. Wow. Dude, that is super impressive. Cause you just kind of threw this together on that call. When the guy called you, I guess maybe you said you'd already been kind of thinking about it in your subconscious brain, but on your toes, you're just like, Hey, how about a rickshaw uh, scavenger hunt? Yeah. Yep. And then what was funny is I found out like we, the hotel they were staying at was far past where these guys normally drive and all that kind of stuff. So, it was a lot of things that went wrong with that, but they had a blast. They had a good time. And it, it also developed a relationship with the owners of that company. And we've done multiples of that. Um, those guys also own a brewery. So we've that extended to other things. So it was like all these relationships that have been formed and built from this off, off the fly thinking has been p- powerful. Oh, I also, the gifts that we did, the winning team got uh, photographed, photo- photographic books of Charleston from above that we produced from the book publishing company. So I gave these prizes that were huge in dollar amounts and investment. So like I made no money in the event, even though, right. even though I charged like uh, one twenty five a person, wow. but still didn't make any money, but it was, yeah. it, it made me create. Right. And that mm-hmm. was the great, that was the idea of a lot, you know, a good loss leader. I'm just, I just, I'm just excited that someone value, thinks that I can do this. And yeah. it was basically just on confidence. It was confidence alone that sold the guy that I gave directions to and come to find out he owned the transportation company that had the contract to live nation in the Southeast. So, yeah. so you didn't really make any, any real profit off of that first gig, but what that first gig did was it, it, it was seed money to create what you said for five years, multiple six figure income. Yeah. 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 That's collective. Yeah. On, on that side of things. But yeah, over that, that one paper hunt then got refined a little bit, but it literally, force me to create. And once yeah. you have a product, then, then you have it. Right. I mean, that's the beautiful thing is learning how to then replicate that. Now so today is, though, I think so yeah, this is still, we're, we're still in 2016 right, at this point, right? Well, us, that, that, us, that, act, that activity was in 2011. So 2016 that, is when I started with the app. Okay. Gotcha. So kind of bring us uh, a little bit closer up to date here, Ben. Okay. Perfect. So the business started off as just the event planning side of it. Uh, then I said like, well, I had to make events repeatedly. So then I became focused on bachelor and bachelorette parties coming to Charleston, adventure-based ones. I wanted to make a little more impact. So I, I said, okay, I want to focus. I SEO'd more for team building. 
So we added more scavenger hunts, more corporate team building. I had a partner that helped me get rolling in that stuff. And then in 2019, we said, okay, we're traveling as a team building company. And so we started traveling. Companies would, executive teams would find us in Charleston, do something, and then take us to their other teams. Then, you know, COVID happened. It's crazy to think COVID was three years ago at this point, but, or, you know, lockdown 2020. And we'd already pressed that year. We had the best quarter in our, in our history in, in, of quarter one of 2020. Mm. And had a, we, by that point already, I'd already been to um, Vegas, Atlanta, and Nashville already, you know, as far as corporate events go. And then, and I came back, I was in Denver as well. Then we came back from Portugal and then the world changed. But now, but that, what that did was forced me to create, to remove all the fluff, all that mud on the wall that I was doing before. Mm-hmm. Now to focus on something, making a difference. I still love planning events for, for friends, but I don't do a corporate, I don't do it. Um, bachelor parties, things like that. Cause I'm not making a difference. I want to now do events that truly make an impact and, and a difference. Well, so let me ask you this, because this is not a a standard. Most people, when they think of what are they going to do, they think of jobs, right? I'm going to be a a salesman. I'm going to be a marketing guy. I'm going to be a doctor, a lawyer, attorney. What made you jump from, because you you had been a salesman. What made you jump from that to most people, when they go out there and do their own thing, they're looking for other things that already exist. Whereas you seem like you just jumped into this. I want to have fun to get, I want to get paid to have fun. I mean, am I wrong? Exactly the model. So there's an Alan Watts video and he says, um, what makes you come alive? Or, and I was also asked the question, how do you want to live? Mm -hmm. Answering the question of how you want to live is not the same as what do you want to do or what do you want to be? Right. That, that is a, what I wanted to answer a how, Mm -hmm. and I wanted to learn to get paid by doing things that I wanted to do and love yeah. to do. And what that looked like at the early stages were all these different things. And not that I made much money, like in 2012 and 2013, I mainly made $10,000 in those years, but I have a highlight video of all the trips we took and all that, just because it, it sustained me. It, it allowed me to keep doing these fun things. And now it's, I get paid to like, I just got back yesterday from, from the keys doing a corporate event, a repeat client for executives. Yeah. And it's just, it's just insane to think that now that that's what it's turned into, that I can have that kind of impact on a, on a, a 10 million or 10 figure company. It's insane. And getting paid to have fun. It sounds good, right? To our listeners are like, okay, well, I'm going to find something to where I can get paid to have fun, but I'm sure it, it took a lot of your blood, sweat and tears to get there. Yeah. Uh, and actually, you know, depending on your, your, situation. Um, I was, I was home free for nine months. I don't trivialize homelessness, but for nine months, I didn't have enough consistent income to have a place to consistently live. And I was not married, had no kids, had not much responsibility. So I was able to put that in there. Now I'm, I'm of say, the mindset you say of home free. Were you like living under a bridge? Were you just crashing? I had, car, I, had, I, had I had two vehicles. I had a, I had a minivan and a, and a, and an Accord. And so I would couch surf and stay with a friend here and there, literally couch surf through the website of couch surfing. Um, I had camping gear at hammocks. So I'd, I spent a lot of nights just camping out, having, you know, whatever. Yeah. So here, this, this kind of leads into our topic of discussion today of 
not defining what you are by what you do or who you are by what you do, because, uh, or, or really it's, it's the difference between your role and your identity, right? Because a lot of people are matching their role and their identity. They're marrying their role and their identity. So if they're sitting there living in their car, that is killing their identity, right? Their self-image is taking a toll because, because of that. How did you, uh, in fact, I'll let you just kind of jump in. Cause you've got a really good, uh, you've got a really good talk on the difference between what you do and uh, who you are. So, so kind of jump in and, and uh, help, yeah. help us peel that onion. And the, and the statement I, I got from actually a sales training course back in the day is what you are big capital R, what your role is, is not who you I, capital I for identity. What you are is not who you I. And for me, I knew who I was. For me, it's I'm a kid of a king. I'm an heir to a throne. I am. I walk with boldness and authority everywhere I go. I know who I am, right? And so anything I do didn't change that. And I... During the, the, the crazy years of building the business, I was doing demolition. I was working under crawl spaces. I was, I was doing odd jobs. Nobody knew that. Most people didn't even know that I was home free until three years later when I, after make, mar- you know, marrying my wife and buying a house, I told the story. Yeah. Most people encounter, remembered encounters with me and had no idea during that time because I honestly don't believe in sharing the the mess until you actually make it a message or, you know, talking about right. the test until you have the testimony from it. So that's, wow. that's me. Uh, some folks need to talk about it. And I get that, but I, I, it was a temporary setting. I knew it was temporary, but what I talked about was the company, what it, my vision that here's what I do and live these other things. Oh yeah. That's how I make, that's how I make money right now. That's not what I do. That's not who I am. Right. I am a, a, a free loving guy. I love to do these. I love to have adventures. I love to have fun. And so, you know, the journey that I've been on the last three years is separating even the, myself that I'm not, I'm not an entrepreneur because when I thought that I was an entrepreneur, I made decisions that I thought an entrepreneur would make throwing mud on the wall, trying, going after every shiny object, not worrying about profit, right? Thinking, Oh, that'll come. Or I got to do this or not having boundaries, like answering a client phone call at 8 PM. You don't have to do that. So when I realized, okay, here's the type of business that I want to have. Here's this part. Here's what I'm willing to uh, do. Here's what I'm not willing to do. And setting those boundaries and making the decisions, completely retooling, open the hood and pulling out the things that don't serve me, you know, looking back. And it's a hard part. It's easy to do in hindsight. But when you're going through it, and there's things that I've been turning, I've been turning away events, sometimes left and right, of things that are quick money, easy money that I just don't want to do because I used to do it, but it just, it's, it now would dilute the brand of what I created. It helped, it helped establish the foothold, but my yes got me here. My no is going to take me to the next level. So Ben, can you speak to the importance of why, why is it so important to separate these two things, your role and your identity and understand the difference between these two things? Great question, Alvin. Um, we perform good and bad in our roles every day, every week. So if you, if you, if you uh, change or attach your identity to those roles, you know, we're spouses, we're parents, we're employers, we're employees, we're siblings, right? We're friends. If we let our performance in one area, oh my gosh, I really blew it as a, as a, as a father today. That could really hurt you, right? 
but mm. the next week you crush it. Well, you're the same person. You just mm. made a mistake. You didn't do something right. You forgot a significant thing, whatever. But we have these ups and downs. And the biggest difference or reason to is when people lose their jobs. And you, if you poured everything into that, who's left? If you happen to have a relationship end, what's left? If you are not, if you do not know who you are outside of those roles that you have, and everything outside of that is a role. Be, having a spouse, having a child, having like there is life. I mean, to quote Cher, there's life after love, right? Like yeah. there's something, there's something you have to do after this. You have to you have to love yourself too. And that's the yeah. thing is an activity to do is if you if you were to write a list of all the things that you love in the world. At what number would you be on that list? That is a great question, Ben. You know, I had a former guest on here, Walker McKay, who who talked about um, separating your role from your identity. And he he mentioned that if you're on an island and all your roles, you know, you you get rid of all your roles, your the role of father, the role of salesperson, the role of entrepreneur, the role of uh, what husband, whatever it is. You're just on the island by yourself. At what value do you have on a scale of on a scale of one to ten? And at the time when he asked me that, I was defining all of my value in life based on my roles. Was I a good father? Was I or was I a good husband? Was I a good friend? Was I a good whatever? And I said, if I'm on an island by myself, my role, I don't have any roles. What's my value? I don't know, zero or one. And he corrected me, just like you were talking about, no, your value is a 10 because your creator gave you that value. Can you, can you delve into that? So if you were to look at what is, what is, what is the value of a baby on a scale of one to 10? 10, right? But they haven't done anything. Right. They are a leech to the system, to your mm. life, to your time. But yet the value of them is the same as when they grow up, right? I mean, the example is a, a rose, it could be a rose bush if you don't want to take it to the human side of it, but like that is the value there, regardless of what they've done or accomplished, there is value in that life, mm. in, that, in that entity. Regardless, mm. you know, they cry and they make people angry and they wake you mm. up and all these mm. things, right? They smell all the things, but yeah, we still love that, right? And to that point is, if you, I like the island example, but like to think about where you'd be on that list of where you love yourself, where did it even, yeah. didn't even make it. If I, if, I, if it, well, this wasn't a conversation, it was just an activity I gave you. Would it have even made the list? Would you even Probably think not. that? Yeah. Right. Right. And that's like, man, because your roles are going to change. They've, how many, how, what roles have changed in the last five years or, or 10 years? You know, for, it's, for most people, a lot of them, the last two or three years, their roles have changed so much. And it's one of the reasons why anxiety and depression and uh, suicide and all these things have doubled or tripled over the last three years. It's not like they've gone up a little bit. They've gone up significantly because of the exact thing you're talking about, Ben, because people have intertwined their role with their identity. Jonathan, you uh, and you read it. You read my the bio. Um, profession first, because you, you set it up this way to then share my other stuff in written form. I actually have it, the personal stuff first for the reason being that that's what I want known for first. If they, if they buzz over it, they're going to catch that and not the professional stuff, because right. here's the difference. 
I want known, I want to be known for. And some of those things are, are the spoken word affirmations that I want to be known for. I'm not that right now, or I'm, I'm right. on the way there. I want to be known for the behavior traits. I want to be known as that passionate, faith-driven, generous man. That's mm-hmm. what I want people to think about. Oh, not the, not the adventure guy, right? right? There's a lot of people love to be known as the adventure guy or Mr. Adventure. Oh, that's great. But what happens if I break my back and I can't go on an adventure? Who mm-hmm. am I then? I can still be those other things. I still have those character traits, regardless of any role that I'm in. Right. So, and that's, so that's the biggest difference then, is, is defining yourself through the character traits. And that that's where you, how do you define who you are? And, and you've obviously done it a lot there with through your affirmations and through, through that, uh, the bio you sent me, but how does the average person right now that's going through a crisis, that's going through depression, that's going, that's experiencing anxiety, how do they define who they are, not what they do? Uh, there's one activity, um, and we, we do it a different way, but the easiest way to look on online because our stuff can't be found that way is there's a Kairos life map. And you can, it's a journey where you can point out the highs and the lows of your life from your earliest recone- recollection to now. And you put them on scales, ups and downs. But you'll find out that a lot of times the shared things that you see at the highs were some of the things that, you, that were at the lows. And they just had a different perspective on them or the things that you learned at the lows were what you wanted to aspire to in the highs. So it takes some quiet, slow down and time with your own self. So like, what do I want to be known for? What am I not also, what am I good at? What do I do? But do you want to be known for this? Like I've had to say, I've had to change my own thing to say, I'm not, I don't like people. I'm in the people business. That's that if, if, if I said that enough times, it's going to come out though. And, and it's going to, that vibe, that energy is going to go out there to like, no, this guy doesn't really like people. No. Right. What I say is I love, I love individuals. People are dumb. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. I love people. I love, I love them. Um, but the biggest thing is I've had to work on kindness, just choosing to be kind. And that's where that sar- sarcasm, that quick wit, like, 80% of all jokes have, have truth in them, right? Mm. And most folks use sarcasm at the expense of somebody else. Now, yeah. there can be quick wit. There can be quick wit that is, that is situational that doesn't hurt somebody. And I still love that, right? I still right. Love, I love, I love doing that type of humor. But any sarcasm that brings somebody else's attributes or anything else to them, why? You're, right. you're, you're pointing out something that they're probably struggling with or that they, they have some insecurities about. So I want to be known as someone that's kind, not, I don't care about being a nice guy. I don't want to be labeled as a nice guy, but there's a difference between kind. You can be kind in every approach, even though you may not like it and not, it might not be nice. It still be, might be the kind thing to do. Right. And so that's one thing I'm, I'm working towards. I want so to break, break that down a little bit for us. You, you, you swept over something really big there real quick. The difference between kind and nice and, and uh, golly, I keep going back to Walker because we just had this discussion, but he, he kind of delved into it a little bit, but Ben, I want to hear your point of view, Ben, what's the difference between kind and nice. Nice is trying not to offend somebody um, or not addressing something that needs to be done. Kind is because you want to be a transformative leader or a transformative person, you will have those hard conversations, but in a tactful, loving way. 
So what you're saying so, is nice is nice is telling somebody telling somebody something that they want to hear versus kind is telling somebody something that they need to hear. Correct. But but doing it tactfully, it don't there there is the population that says, why just tell it like it is? Okay. Right. Telling the truth doesn't mean you have to be a D, right? Right. You know, you and that's something that I've had to learn is like, you know, I was I'm I'm forward and there's the discussion between northerners and southerners on personality and things like that and you know the example i give is if you're gonna go move you need help moving and your friends in the south will say yeah i'll be there okay great you call up nine at nine thirty. they're supposed to be there at nine you're like oh yeah something came up they, they said yes because they didn't want to hurt your feelings because you needed somebody but you were internally you were counting on them right right and now this is a vague generalization all right there are great people in all this but off in the north many times if they don't want to go do it they'll say no so you may be hurt but at 9 15 the guy that or the nine o'clock the guy that said yes is there with donuts right and juice and he's ready to go because he meant it right right but you got told something you didn't want to hear by one person but you got told yes by the so then that's where the bless your hearts come in and all that but like yeah i that, that's an example of, 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 of the generate or the locational things, but that is individuals in general. The idea is that why not be honest with, with your intentions? Don't try to read something. Um, my wife was born in Charleston, moved around, everything came back here. Dealing with my directness was a, has been a big change, but now she, she finds that she really loves knowing that, okay, I'm not, I'm not beating around the bush. I'm, this is what I said, but I've learned to do it kinder. Because yeah. I also know how that approach sometimes was ha- handled. So when you're being kind, what- you actually you actually are showing that you care about the person and you value the person. Whereas when you're being nice, you just like you said, you're just trying not to offend them, but you aren't showing that you care. You know, you get this all the time in sales, for example. You get those customers who don't want to tell you no, but they also aren't telling you yes. They're like, oh, you know what? Yeah, I think that. Well, why don't you come back and talk to me again next week, or or tell talk. Come back and visit me again in another month and maybe things will yeah. just tell me, just tell me, no, let's not waste your and my time. Right. Right. A no is better than a maybe. And this actually addresses how I even answer. I call somebody on the phone. If it's not a scheduled time, if I just call someone randomly, I say that I catch you at a bad time. Mm-hmm. And I was training a sales guy one time. He's like, no, you got to get him in a, in a yes mind mindset. And I said, no, I want them in an honest mindset. Mm. If I ask them, is it a bad time? And it is, they will say, yes, they are, they, they are more inclined to say, you know what? I just, I got to pick up my kid. I got the dry cleaning. I got these things. Okay. When would a better here? My name is this or whatever the case is. We want to chat about this. When would be a better time? Mm. They're going to pick the time. And then we, then I'll call them then. Now right. the, the trick to that is the, having the mindset of when they call, are you calling that at that point saying, oh, they're probably not going to answer because they blew me off. And I'm like, no. They chose the time. They knew what it was about. And now they set the appointment. Right. If they do miss it, do you, th- do you think that that negative thing happened? Or do, you, or do you think, hey, something else must have come up? I will tell you, when that situation happens, almost 90% to 100% of the time, if they don't, call, they don't pick up when I call that second time, I will get a text or an email that says, hey, I am so sorry about X, Y, and Z. Here, you know, this, call me back in 45 minutes or whatever. Because I've set up the whole conversation, our whole relationship is on kindness of your respect of your time, 
right. versus always being that yes man. It's I want to use you yes, yes, yes. And it's it's not, it's it's conditional. It's I want you to, it's compliant. The world has changed, right? That that yes, yes, yes thing worked 50 years ago, but it doesn't work anymore. People have shorter attention spans, people have uh, you know the the technology we have, everything has changed. The generationals, the generations have changed. It just doesn't. I understand where the Dale Carnegie's of the world said, let's get him in a mindset, get him saying yes, right out of the gate. Instead of saying, did I catch it a bad time? Did, did I catch it a good time? You know, something like that. Cause I want to get him in a, but you're right. I'd rather start with honesty. Let's start with giving them the opportunity to be honest. Uh, and, and I feel like we're kind of getting off topic here a little bit, Ben, but that was my fault. I've, I, I've loved what you said here, but let's get back to what you were talking about, pursuing the behaviors, the character traits and all that kind of stuff, as far as setting up, and discovering your identity. Keep keep going there. So I want to go over this. My brother is a, has a huge heart. Uh, he is a talented musician. He loves music. He is about to get married. Um, it's just a, a caring guy. He, he's, and yet I realized this actually last year that I defined him when I would describe him to others. I described him by a role because, that he wasn't even doing anymore. He toured in a band all over the world. And that's, so I was realizing, wow, I'm putting a lot of stock in this role. And he doesn't even play for that band or he's not even doing that anymore. Hmm. So I'm now, I'm now putting this picture of who he is by something that he's not even wanting to do anymore because of what it did to his life or how it felt made him feel, Right. So why would I put that, why would I want to bring that role continually back up or tell it to somebody else like, hey, don't bring it up. But yet when they see him, they're like, oh my gosh, tell me about this time that you were touring the world. Rather not, you know, there's, I've I've moved on type of deal, right? So we're going to have multiple, people will have multiple careers. They will do different things. They will be in other relationships, right? Things will happen. So if you only talk about those things, I'd rather be known as, Ben's the guy that helped me at 3 a.m. to fix a tire, right? Yeah. It's, it's just like when you, fi- when you take the time to think about what you want to be known for, you will find opportunities to show that. It's the, it's the fruit of the spirit. The, of, the grips of the spirit is if you, if you pray and ask for love, you're not going to automatically be transformed and have this love in you. You're going to be given opportunities to show love every time. It's a muscle. These are muscles that you work. This, if you want to be... You're never supposed to pray for patience, right? But if you right. happen to, you will give you will be given opportunity to be patient. Yes. So that you look back and like, wow, I'm a, and people will be like, well, you're a really patient person. Yeah, I've had lots of practice, right? Yeah. So when you look at any of those things, if you want to be joy, have more joy in your life, you will be given opportunities to show joy when you might not think that you should be showing joy, right? Yeah. Any of those things. So. I would just say, look at the group, get to the spirit. Which one do you want to be or whatever you want to be? And just try to be them when possible. I had a bad habit of uh, you go to a restaurant or a, you know, a store and the pricing isn't right on something. They're out of something. And you're like, well, you could have put that on the sign or whatever. And like those quick jabs to a minimum wage employee that had no control over the entire situation. Like, I could have chosen kindness right there, right? It's not a big deal. It didn't alter my life. So now every instance like that, because they happen often, right? Things that you were expecting to do. And I came to this restaurant because of X, Y, and Z. 
Right. The server didn't change that. Like, right. why, why would you be mad at, you know, so that's what I'm conscious of. And it's a constant improvement, right? This is not, okay, he's there yet. Only Google Maps tells you you've arrived, right? Right. Every, we're, we're still, it's a, the journey is the destination. I want to, I want to be better than yesterday. So in, in saying that, Ben, it, that realization, that discovery that we have not arrived, that we're not perfect, that we're on a journey, that gives us grace to show other people, right? That that gives us the ability to have empathy for other people, right? Absolutely. I, I mean, well, if you have the right perspective on it, right? And and if you understand that they're all we're all going through something, but we're all trying. I have the same example. Like I did a lot of my, let's say, mindset work 15, 16 years ago. And then as I, I, I met my, my, my now wife and she's working on some things and doing some stuff, I've had to realize the grace that, yeah, I'm like, I want you to be here. I want you to have that positive self-talk. I want you to have control yeah. of these thoughts. And then I realized, oh yeah, that took about six years for me. Like yeah. I just realized like who I was prior to this, this self-talk journey, this, this positive affirmation, this gratitude side of things. And I have rewired my brain. I, I used to be a jealous control freak all the things that, and even think of, I used to be so pessimistic in every scenario. Brene Brown says it's the shitty first draft. It's the, when something goes wrong, are you always going down to that negative thing? Or yeah. I'm like, oh, they're probably, they're probably come across them or they're helping out or whatever. Like I have reconditioned my brain yeah. to see something good happening. Yeah. And you're right that we're all at different stages. Uh, you know, I had a pastor once that said we all sin in different ways, but I like to think of it as we all have our own unique challenges, right? Your challenges and your wife's challenges are totally different. You guys are going to face different paths and different journeys because it helps you become who you're becoming. It helps you become that unique individual that you are not the, what you're doing, but the, who the I, right. That I that you talked about, the, who are I, is that what you call it? What you, you are, are is not who you I. <laughs> That's going to, that's going to be a brain twister for me to be able to say that. But when you add it, think of it as a capital letter, you, you right. fill it in. Right. Um, but it, it just sounds funny and it, it, it's cool there. And, but the biggest thing is that when you think, if, if you were to think through who are the people that have made the most impact in your life, you're not thinking about their role. You're thinking about how they made you feel, how mm. they served you in a certain way. Right. right? You, you're thinking about the memories that were created during an experience, right? It's, it's, it's the servant nature of it. It's the compassion they showed. You're not thinking about that role. You're thinking about the fruit that they had. Right. So uh, we, we've given your bio at the front and I swapped it on intentionally too. I know you like to have your, your, I, who, no, I, yeah. your who, and but I know that our listeners aren't going to listen for the first 10 seconds and then stop, but I wanted them to understand what you do and then go, well, that's not him. No. This is who he is. Right. So give us an example of defining someone else that you're close to. And I'd like to, maybe this is put you on the spot, but defining who is your wife? <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, I would say this, and then she would have disagreed, but now she's working towards it because uh, she's working on a concept. Um, I guess this may go out. Awesome. She's working on her own book on this side of things called Identity Detox. And it's, mm -hmm. it's incredible. And it's through this journey. But she is a loving, caring person who wants to you know, serve, but she's, uh, she is a recovering codependent. 
where she was finding value in serving only. But now mm-hmm. she's working on her. She's a woman who is striving to better herself and improve the boundaries in which she lives. Yeah. But living with passion and joy, finding passion and joy is, is she's on process for that side of thing. But but she she loves people. She loves to serve. But she also knows that it's not her identity. She was wrapping up. Here's the challenge is somebody that you can think is loving and caring. They that can become your identity too. And oh my gosh, I'm gonna your listeners may not be in this. Go watch the movie in Kanto without your kids. Without your kids, watch the movie in Kanto. Brene Brown was a, has been a consultant to Pixar for a, lately, and that's why the stories are a little different. Yeah. Think about the story of the oldest son or the oldest daughter, the strong one, right? Yeah. And and the grandma is only thinking about the people and their gifts and the things they do, and that's their value, right? Mm. The, the the words of um, pressure in that, in that song are, I'm pretty sure of, I'm worthless if I'm not of service. Mm. Those songs and that story is so powerful of confusing identity with roles. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's, it is the poster child. If you want to know how bad that can be and well-meaning people put roles over identity. Mm. Mirabella, the young one had no gifts, but yet she loved everybody. She was compassionate. She was always cheery and helped to serve without a special skill. Yeah. But yet grandma, she was nothing to grandma. She was the burden because she didn't have this one thing that I could talk about to other people. Right. So well, I, I've seen talk. the movie and, and what you're talking about. And it's powerful to look back at it. And I'll have to rewatch it again. But uh, it's enjoyable in and of itself. But thinking of it in those terms, it's something we do to ourselves. Ben, we we throw those roles and skill. And here's here's what here's my skill or my special talent or my ability, uh, and that's who I am. Instead of here's what I am. I'm a unifier. I'm an encourager. I'm strong. I love to laugh. I enjoy life. I love myself, man. I love what you said there earlier about writing the things you love in life. Where are you on that list? Um, and and here as we're wrapping up, I. Uh, Man, I feel like you and I can talk for another 30 minutes, an hour or two uh, on this topic. But I want to give credence to what you're to, to the what you are doing, not just the who you are, because I want our listeners to be able to benefit from knowing you and getting to getting to uh, participate in a lot of the things you're putting together. So the on purpose adventures and uh, the, the the personal growth, leadership development, your kayaking and paddleboarding. Do do a quick promo. Tell us a little bit about your companies. OK, OK. Um, so I'll start with the thing that can, anybody can participate in. Um, I have joined forces with a strategic alliance with Dr. Troy, who is a employee retention uh, consultant and author of the book, Cohesion Culture, Proven Principles to Retain Top Talent. We created an online leadership development program based on the first two chapters of his book called Be a Leader. Uh, anybody can go through this program. It is a five module. You can take five weeks, 10 weeks, whatever to understand leadership in the context of culture and how anybody can influence culture within an organization. Uh, that can be found at cohesionculturecourse.com. Um, 80% of the folks that have gone through that have gotten a raise or promotion in the, in the last two years, okay? Mm-hmm. And that is powerful because it's the folks that have, have been overlooked or they've been at a company for a couple of years and they're like, why isn't it that I'm not succeeding or getting these promotions or advancements? There's a couple of things that people are looking for. So this is a, this is a look behind the curtain at what management needs. So, but it's a the personal development course 
And to my knowledge, it's the only one based on culture on the market. So, and once you get the course, you get the audio book and the ebook for included in there. Um, if you happen to be a co own a company or part of a company or a team that wants to do something fun, uh, virtual, anywhere, hybrid or in person, um, onpurposeadventures.com. We are headquartered in Charleston, South Carolina. We have facilitators in Greenville, Atlanta, and a couple other folks, but we travel all over the place. Like I said, I was just in the Keys facilitating. Um, and then if you happen to come to uh, Charleston, South Carolina, Mount Pleasant, Nature Adventures, uh, natureadventureschs.com is, we are headquartered on Shem Creek, right next to Reds and Water's Edge. We do tours, rentals of paddleboards and kayaks, and also team building, kayak team building. So a unique spin. Um, actually, we have you spinning your boats too. So a uh, great way to explore the area. And you've come to, if you don't get on the water, you've done Charleston wrong. So if not with us, get on a boat, get on a harbor tour, something and experience yes. Charleston on the water. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, thank you for sharing all that with us. Where can where can somebody connect with you, Ben, if they wanted to 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 shoot you a message or anything like that? What's the best way for them to reach out to you? Easiest thing is to find me on LinkedIn. Uh, it's ben-jamintoy.com, B-E-N-J-A-M-I-N-Toy.com, and or Benjamin Toy with no dash. And those take you to my LinkedIn profile until I come up with websites for them as well. So gotcha. Well, Ben, thank you for being with us today. And uh, man, I really appreciate you kind of helping dissect the difference between the role and identity. And I, and I believe that this right now is the biggest epidemic we have going on today. If if what I, I believe in your purpose and what you are doing, because this is the battle that's going on today. This is the, the, the struggle that so many people are going through. So keep at it, my friend. I appreciate it. Thank you. I want to tie in quickly that how, why, how we do that within the corporate setting is we teach these things in the corporate settings about being on, on purpose, intentional and deliberate with our words and actions. So this gets infused into the personal identity piece of the individuals so they can be part of a bigger team that also thinks that way too. So right. that's how I, I tie so they're them not all just in having together. fun. They're not just having fun. They're also learning how to uh, get their right. identity. In, in um, ben Franklin, ben, ben Franklin says, tell me and I forget, teach me and I may remember, involve me and I learn. So what we try to do is the experiential piece to learn. Thanks for listening to the Success in South Carolina podcast. If you liked this episode, please subscribe and share it with a friend who needs to hear it. And as always, this is a friendly reminder that the left lane is for passing. So speed up or move over. Are you still listening? Check out the next episode.